everyone. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise. And I'm your other host, Jen Otero. Mercy Talk is presented to you by Mercy Multiplied, a nonprofit Christian organization that is committed to seeing hope restored and lives transformed through the love and power of Christ. Since 1983, Mercy has helped thousands of young women break free from life-controlling behaviors and struggles through our free-of-charge, biblically-based residential program. That's right. And Mercy's outreach activities are designed to educate, equip, and empower men and women of all ages to live free and to stay free. So on Mercy Talk, we want to tackle real-life issues and everyday struggles that affect our lives by applying the same biblically-based principles of freedom that we've seen effectively change lives for 35 years. To find out more, go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Well, today we want to continue our discussion on anger at God. That's the series that we are right smack dab in the middle of right now. Um, It has, it's been good, but it's also been intense. This is not like just a really lighthearted topic to talk about. Um, But, you know, this is really kind of coming right on the heels of a series that we did on heartache and suffering. And we're just very, very aware of how Mm -hmm. anger at God typically comes out of seasons of heartache and suffering. And so we really felt like these linked up well. Man, Jen, the more we've um, talked about this specific series, the more I'm just like, go back and listen. That's right. They Please really, do. There's so much from the last series that really feeds into what we're talking about now that we can't quite unpack as much now, but mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right. So go back and listen if this is connecting with you in that way. Um, you know, we just want to continue that discussion today um, and really kind of shine a light on another another player in all of this that we can very often um, just underestimate or ignore completely. You know, we've talked a lot about just how we have this permission to be angry. We have this permission to bring our our doubts and our questions. And not only do we have permission, but we have to. I think that was something that really became clear to me in my own journey was like, it's not like you have, you can if you want. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't bring your anger, if you don't bring your rage, if you don't bring your doubts and your questions... There's a, there's a possibility that you could end up over time just getting so hard-hearted towards the Lord that you just walk away. Right. Or if anything, you're just always going to have a block there in your mm-hmm. relationship with Him. It's going to affect every part of your life, every part of your walk. And so you have to bring those things forward. Um, but, you know, there's also just the reality of the enemy's work in That's the right. midst of all of this. That we really, we absolutely cannot ignore. And I will say that I think on the first week I just talked about how I personally experienced how the enemy can take a situation that is hard, but blow it up. And mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes blow it out of proportion. Not to say that it's not still a hard, painful thing, but blow it up to really, in an effort, take you out. That's right. And and really, we, we kind of want to talk a little bit today about different ways that he can go about doing that and how he can just really stir up that anger, stir up those doubts, stir up that questioning. Um, and, and you know, it's crazy too how <laughs> the enemy is the author of pain. Mm-hmm. The enemy is the author of darkness. Yet he will sometimes bring those things into our lives. Now we do believe, and we'll talk a little bit more about this today, but we talked about it a lot last month, mm-hmm. that God allows it. That's right. It does. There is, God is still sovereign and God does allow the enemy to to, to bring some of these things into our lives. But the enemy does it. Mm-hmm. And then he starts whispering into our ears that this was all God. That's and then right. we shift our blame and our anger on the Lord. 
And then over the course of time, that just completely disconnects our relationship with the Lord. And that is exactly what the enemy is after. Mm-hmm. And so we really just kind of wanted to talk some about how he goes about that. Yeah, it makes me think about, I mean, over the years, I can think of so, so many clients that have come in that have recently walked through a really difficult, traumatic you know, significant challenges that Mm -hmm. they've come up against and they are so angry and so distant from God. And I'm always so grateful that they come to me because I'm able to see that pretty clearly and able to begin to challenge them as like, wait a minute, there may be another player here Mm. that they consciously have never even stopped to think Mm. about. And I think sometimes there is some, you know, theology and some things that we won't dive into completely. We do encourage you to go back and listen to last month because we talked a lot about that. But for them to begin to go, oh, wait a minute. So the reality is that God may have allowed this, yes, but he did not write this. He did not author this into my life. And so often for them, it's like they they are believing the lie that God wrote this and that somehow he created this scenario and this situation and this trauma in my life. And so I am so angry and so distant from God that I am not even interested in hearing from him. Mm-hmm. I'm not even interested, that they have gone to that far that unbelief has started to click in. But I laugh because I'm like, but there's still a reason you're on my couch because yeah. there's lots of of other counselors and therapists yeah. you could have gone to that maybe wouldn't see it from that perspective so that when they're able to begin to allow that wall down just enough and are able to be challenged just enough to go, wait a minute, maybe there is a third party at play here. And if that is the case and what he is trying to do is not only take me out through this difficult and traumatic experience or this loss or this hard thing, in addition to that, he's also trying to take me out in my faith mm. and that it is a two edged sword that he's mm-hmm. trying to come at me with. So not only is he trying to take out my life, he's trying to take out the very source of my life, mm-hmm. which is my relationship with the Lord. But as they're able to identify the third player, everything starts to change because what happens is all of this comes in, it creates this wall. And then the very giver of life, the only one that can bring any perspective or truth, as we've talked about the last mm-hmm. two weeks, I have so shut out and I'm so angry and so distant from, I'm now isolated. And what happens, even in nature, the enemy goes after the weakest, most isolated ones, right? That's exactly what the enemy does. And so he then sets his radar to take us out completely because not only are we hurt and limping, but we're now distant and disconnected from God and the very giver of life. And so once we're able to then see like, wait a minute, we see the tactic, we see what's happening and a space is given to be able to begin to receive from the Lord, everything changes. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there is a reconnection and a a shifting that occurs where they're able to move forward in healing. But I can tell you so many people who do not understand the enemy's role in this. Mm -hmm. But when you start to see it, there's a whole different level perspective that comes and a freedom. But when you don't, ooh, it's a whole nother level of difficulty. Absolutely. It's funny because I remember a very specific moment in the midst of just kind of the dark season that I just walked through where I was like, wait a minute. Right. Like I got duped out of all of this. I thought this was all about me and my life and God. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what this whole scenario was about. Oh my goodness. This has the enemy written all over it. That's right. like what, and it was just so, it's just so like, I, I follow the Lord. I know this, but it, for whatever reason, when I was in the midst of the darkness, I just had kind of fallen for it. Yeah. Like, oh how dare God, how dare God, you know? And it was just all about putting all the anger and blame on him. And then I was like, wait a minute. And actually the enemy doesn't really care 
if things in my life are going great or things in my life aren't going great. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really care about the circumstances of my life one bit. That's right. He cares about the condition of my heart. So if he can use circumstances to disconnect my heart from the Lord, you better believe he's going to do that. Absolutely. And so just remembering that, like, he will bring about difficulty and darkness and, you know, just these hard things for the purpose of disconnecting your heart. And mm-hmm. so there was this moment of just like, oh my goodness, I'm letting him win this. Yeah. No more. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I am so onto you at this point. That's you know? right. Um, but I had, it, it had been a while that I had been operating in this place of kind of just forgetting like, that's what he's after this whole, that's what he's been after the whole time. Yep. And he's been whispering stuff to you in the midst of this. Um, and so, You know, we want to unpack a couple of the things that are pretty common for him to whisper to us in the midst of these kinds of seasons. And um, these, I think everything that we were going to chat about today, well, maybe not all of it, but but a lot of this is coming from this book that was just so pivotal for me, not just in this most recent season, but even in a season past. um, But it's a book by Jennifer Rothschild um, called God is Just Not Fair. And there are a, a couple of different, you know, lies that the enemy will really try to use to, to, to hook us and, and really get us mad at God, not trusting God. And, and one of the lies is that, well, God's, God's not fair. Mm-hmm. And you better believe that whenever I saw this bright yellow book sitting on the, on the shelf at Lifeway and it said, God is just not fair, I'm like, yes, please, I will read that book. <laughs> and it's amazing that- how if you put a comma... yeah. Because I remember yeah, when, you, when you held up that book, I was yeah. like, God, God is, is just, just not, not fair. fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. God is just not fair. And I think the degree that we see God as unfair, it always comes from this place of comparison and comparing our lives with other people's lives. And the problem with that is that comparisons are 100% based on your personal experience. They're completely subjective. It's a really weak place to try to make any sort of judgments. So in the book, she she encourages us to stop playing the comparison game and make Maybe the real question we should we should be asking not is not is God fair, but is God just? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I read that I was like, "Well, she tricked me." <laughs> That's what that book title means. Stinker. And like you said, now I'm. It's not God is just not fair. It's God is just not fair. And so, and we'll unpack that a little bit more. So don't don't quit on me, everyone yet. But. When you ask this question of fairness from the perspective of justice, it is a God-centered question. So now all of a sudden the question is, did God do as he said he would do? Is God right in all of his ways? Is God being consistent with his word? And at no point in time can I say no. Mm -hmm. And so God is just even when in our limited perspective that is so often based on comparison, we think he's not fair. And you really like, I mean, we talked about this some last week, but like you're not always going to understand. You're not going to always get the answers to your whys. You're not going to understand the motives. You're not going to understand his methods. You're not going to understand why he allowed this or that into your life. So we have a choice in those moments in the midst of some of that confusion and questioning. Are we going to trust that he is just Mm -hmm. despite our pain? And so the encouragement that she brings about in this book is like, try to, can we bypass this whole fairness debate? Because it's based on comparison and limited vision and it's subjective. And can we choose to actually trust his character, trust that he is just and trust that he's a perfect father? Now, listen, 
I know there are people listening to this right now. And I, we've, we've said this a few times over the last few weeks. We're like, stop it right now. I don't want to hear any of this. I'm right. not ready for it. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it that you may be in a place where you're like, I don't want to talk about him being just and that he's like, I don't, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. I understand that. There are times that I had to just kind of keep going back to what I knew to be true, even when in no shape or form did I feel it yeah. or even really believe it. I had to keep going back. I had to keep going back to what I knew was true. And that's where that choice comes in. Yes. I think another challenge in our belief system um, that we can really get stuck on when we're hurting is the idea that, and this is a hard one, but that I deserve good things mm-hmm. from God mm-hmm. because he is good mm-hmm. and that only seems fair. And so the idea is that we, because God's good and because he loves me, I deserve good things. But the, and we translate what good things means. Exactly. I and mean, go back to, I don't know what week that was last no month, joke. but we talked about what we translate as good things Anyway, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. No, keep going. But that's away. a huge part. Yep, and what that is supposed to look like, and like we said last week, mourning what that looks like. Yes, yes, but understanding at the core of this belief is the reality is that we deserve at the end of the day to be treated according to our sin. Mm. Mic drop, right? But we don't get what we deserve. Mm. Romans 3.23 says, For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Psalm 133 says, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? And I know at the end of the day, I could not stand, you Mm -mm. could not stand, Mel, that none of us could, because ultimately, as we know, the wage of sin is death. So for us as sinners, there is just this reality of we have not been paid according to what we do. And that even though we earn death, from our sin, we don't get that wage deposited into our accounts. And so he gives us mercy instead of punishment and he offers us life rather than death. And so the reason we don't get treated the way our sins deserve is because once again, Jesus took that on our behalf. And so thankfully, in this whole topic, God is not fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't give us what we deserve, that he is a just God, but not a fair God. And so that quickly shoots down that whole concept of God isn't fair. At the end of the day, do we really want him to be fair? Because if he was fair, that would mean a whole slew of other things for us beyond just the difficulty and the heartache and the suffering. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he is a just God and he doesn't give us what we deserve. Yep. And that's just one of those, that's not the easy topic in this conversation to bring up, but it's so important and so foundational for us to be reminded what we really deserve mm-hmm. and the kind of God that we're operating in relationship with because of what he chose. Not only is he loving and kind, but he took mm-hmm. everything on the cross and so therefore the way that he operates with us is from that place of grace and love mm-hmm. and so just a little reminder in the midst of all of this that's not easy to be mm-hmm. reminded of but it's important yeah like you want to talk about fairness right okay well let's look at let's how this all played out for you and it worked out pretty well on your back right. <laughs> it's true so it's probably a good thing that in your limited side I am not what you consider fair because actually because I operate from a place of justice and love you actually get eternal life (laughs) like right oh yeah there's that thank you for that Lord and I think you know when you're in a season of hurting or you're in a season of anger it's really hard to 
to to step back mm-hmm. and think about what I really deserved because of my sin. And I'm not saying deserved in the circumstance. I'm just saying for eternity. Yes. What did I deserve because of my sin? I deserved eternal punishment. Yes. That's what I deserved. And for me to be able to thank him for what I've received instead. Mm-hmm. And now that in the midst of my pain and heartache and suffering on earth, I get grace. I get peace. I get unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I get healing because of what you did on the cross. Like, yeah, that's crazy. And so this whole idea of unfairness is just so often a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and it's when that unfairness shows up in the really like personal or, or painful areas of our life that we will put that blame right back on God's shoulders when it, when it does not belong there. And we forget the perspective of, of how thankful we are that he is just mm-hmm. and how thankful we are that he is full of grace and love and the things that we have received, even though in no shape or form did we deserve them. And so, man, that is not fun stuff to look at when no. you're hurting, but it's truth. And it's something that we have to be reminded of in those seasons. Yeah. And I reiterate, it's not fun. Yeah. And it feels hard to hear because when you're in the in a hurting season, you're already hurting. So it can feel kind of like a bit of a punch in the face. But truth is truth. Mm. And what that that point that we've just made leads to is a choice of gratitude and a choice of saying, you know what, Lord, I'm grateful not only that you're not fair, I'm grateful not only for the fact that you died on the cross and that you took this punishment for me, but there may actually be a reality that I could begin to look and see blessing in the midst of this difficult place. And we, once again, I'm going to continue to say it because I know that we really unpacked a lot of that last month in our, in our heartache and suffering, but the understanding that there, if heartache and difficulty leads us back to God, and if it is something that, because it talks about in scripture, how it's all of the good gifts come down from the father of lights. And if the difficulty that we walk through actually leads us back to him and actually takes us deeper in our relationship with him, then is it possible that it actually is a good gift that he allowed because in his sovereignty, he can see that good could come from this very difficult season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's not easy stuff, but it's still true stuff. So from the book, God is just not fair. She says that choosing to be grateful is a powerful anecdote to the strong and destructive influence of resentment towards God. It is really hard to resent something you were thankful for. I am not bitter towards God because I need him too much. He is my only source for true peace and hope. I would injure myself by choosing to hold a grudge against him that created separation between us. I can be blind with God, but there is no way I can be blind without him. Mm. So, and she is actually physically blind. And she is blind. physically yeah. blind. And she talks in the book how she pursued all sorts of means of miraculous healing and different things. And for whatever reason, God has not chosen to take her physical blindness away. Mm. And so I love the fact that of all the people that could write this, mm. talk about a constant place of difficulty and suffering if she chose to stay there. But I love what she says. She says, your difficulty can be hard enough, but the resentment you drag along with it can even be more debilitating than the difficulty Mm. itself. And so that right there, it's just a sentence form of what the enemy is after, that not only does the difficulty come and not only does he try to author that into our lives, but then he tries to compound it to such a degree that we stay in anger, we stay in bitterness, we put 
the blame on God. And then what ends up happening is that there is this resentment that comes in and we are disconnected and not focused and able to really continue to connect with the Lord. So it's this double whammy that he creates. I just love that. Yeah. Well, I would, I think the last thing that I would share today is that in hearing all of that and and just thinking about that whole idea of just even like, you know, what I deserve and what mm-hmm. I've, how dare you, God, kind of a thing. Um, I think about how in in this season of, of pain and heartache that I've I've walked through and, and really when it was so dark, um, I felt like, Lord, I don't deserve anything good from you. The way I'm act, you know, I, I had so much shame and guilt over the way that I was, you know, processing all of it and that I was angry and that I had these doubts and these questions. There's so much guilt and shame over that that I was like, I don't deserve anything from you. What do I deserve from you at this point? Like, I don't even deserve to ask you to heal me right now or to come in and to do anything. Like, I just felt so undeserving at that point. Um, but that in the midst of, and wherever you are, I don't know, I mean, man, people listening may be in so many different places yeah, when it right. comes to where they are with this right now. Um, and they may be like, I'm just nowhere, I can't, I can't think about what you guys are even talking about today. Yeah. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And it is okay that's that you right. are not there. And I'm going to tell you something that's probably not easy, but you can't even willpower your way to being there. Yeah. And I know that what the Lord kept showing me in that season was like, I need you to keep leaning in. I need you to keep leaning in. And he gave me a very clear picture that I talked about in the last series of him literally carrying me through the battlefield. He was like, I'm going to pick you up because you have no fight left in you. I didn't Mm -hmm. have any fight left. And he's like, I will fight for your heart. I'm going to fight for it. And guess what? I am going to win it. I'm going to win it. That's what's on the other side of this. I'm going to win your heart back. And, um, And even though I felt completely and totally undeserving of it and I wasn't doing anything to earn it the fact that in the midst of that darkness all I did was just keep showing up I'm mm-hmm. like Lord I don't know I don't know what to do but I will just keep showing up that he fought and he won my soul back yeah it's really truly what it felt like he won my soul back and I mean I to this day cannot sing the song like reckless love has that bridge of like there's no mountain you won't climb up no door you won't kick down no lie you won't tear down there's nothing that you will not do coming after me and coming after my soul and literally just yesterday I framed these lyrics it's a song called Defender mm-hmm. oh, by Rita Springer y'all it's something else but there is a there is a, a little portion of that song that I just framed yesterday and hung in my room because I never want to forget that the Lord did this for me it's just in the bridge and she just says when I thought I lost me you knew where I left me you reintroduced me to your love you picked up all my pieces put me back together you are the defender of my heart And I'll just never forget that that's what he did for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve it. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. uh, We already talked about what we all deserve, you know. But in his love and his grace toward me, he did that. And so the the challenge that came from this book um, for me was uh, she references Luke 18, 8, when Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so the bigger question in all of this today is not, am I going to be treated fairly? And not, is Jesus going to make all my dreams come true and everything that I want for my life happen? But in the end, is Jesus going to find faith in me? Mm-hmm. Like we get to decide what he's going to find in us at the end. Is it going to be resentment? Is it going to be this entitlement mentality? Or is God going to find in me faith? 
is he going to find in me gratitude? Yeah. I get to decide that. Yeah. And so that's really our challenge as we want to wrap up the show today. We know that today may be one that you are not ready for, and that's okay. But we know that part of the planning of these series is to make sure that we are hitting that hard truth that you prayerfully will come to a place where you're like, I'm ready to receive this. It mm-hmm. doesn't make it easier, but that there is a place of healing and wholeness that has come that continues to bring us back to that true north and that place of, of that truth of who God is, who the enemy is, and how these players are playing out. But our biggest challenge this week, if you are in a place where you're able to receive what we're talking about, is to begin to choose, because that is what it is, is a choice, and that is to choose gratitude. That if you were to take a prayerful step back, can you see a blessing? Are you at a place where that perspective is possible Mm -hmm. in the midst of the loss and the difficulty and the challenges that you're walking through? And can you actually begin to thank him in the midst of this challenge? And so that is our encouragement, that when you look at the trajectory and the landscape of the season that you're in, where is some gratitude worthy of? Where are some areas that you see God on the move and providing and protecting and doing what he does? And our encouragement with that is that you don't just acknowledge those things, but you begin to write them down. Have them around you and post-it notes on your mirror. And I would even say, begin to speak that gratitude out loud to God. Speak it out loud to other people. We encourage you to check that stuff out, write it down, speak it out, and just choose a place of gratitude. We also just ask and just pray that you will join us next week as we get ready to wrap up this entire series on Anger at God. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you'd like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us us at mercytalk at mercymultiply.com. And if you're enjoying Mercy Talk, be sure that you go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review. We also want to remind you that Mercy Multiplied and Mercy Talk are funded solely by donors, and we are so thankful for the support of so many people all over the country and even the world. So please consider supporting this free programming by giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thanks for listening today and we hope you'll join us next week.